0: Thanks for joining us today. We're so excited to have you with us specifically because today we are actually kicking off a brand new series called The Art of Running Slowly. Now this series is going to be a real treat because in this particular run what we're going to be doing is we're going to actually be highlighting several of our different communicators. And when I say several I actually mean nine. Over the next six weeks, some, sun, some Sundays we're going to have two speakers, some Sundays we're just going to have one. But what we really want to do is we want to highlight a variety of different voices as we walk through Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 23, specifically the, the fruit of the Spirit. We think there's value in hearing from different people, from different generations, from different genders, from different walks of life, and we're excited to be able to walk through this series with you as we all walk through this kind of reopening phase of of this kind of COVID season that we find ourselves in. It's a really particular time that we find ourselves, isn't it? It's a, it's a peculiar, curious time in history as we, as we completely shut down and walk through the process of starting things back up. Now, if you're anything like me, um, all these announces of restarts have me um, kind of processing a variety of different emotions. Everything from excitement, to fear, to caution, to concern, to, to oh my gosh, this is just going to be so great to get the kids out of the house. But uh, I, am, I am like you, and we're, we're all kind of processing this together. But the temptation we have, it's a universal temptation. The temptation that's there is this, um, the, the, the temptation just to kind of rush through things, to kind of to, to rush as fast as we can to get back to normal, back to work, back to church, back to things the way we used to do them. And I want to encourage you in this season. I want to encourage you um, to practice the art of running slowly. And specifically, what I want to encourage you to do is slow down. Because let's be honest, fast actually isn't always fruitful. And everybody wants to run fast, but that doesn't mean that we, we should. I mean, if you think of it in the context of a race, like, like the, the default answer for all of us is if you're gonna run a race, you may as well run it fast because that way you're gonna win. But fast always isn't, isn't necessarily always the best tactic. I mean, when it comes to running long distances, you need actually a mixture of speed and stamina in order to eventually cross that finish line. It's not just running at 100% because you're going to get exhausted and you're going to get exhausted fast. I learned this the other day with my, uh, with my son Thomas. Thomas and Brahman and I, we decided to go for a run. And uh, no, I wasn't just chasing them, like we were deciding to go for a run run, like an actual run, because we're super healthy and stuff, right? And so, so we're like, let's go for a run. And so we start out, but I live at the bottom of a hill. And so Bronwyn and I, being the professional avid runners that we are, knew that it's important that we pace ourselves. But Thomas, he saw this as a competition, and instantly, pff, he comes ripping up the road flying past me. I've got beard hair flying around because he's just zipping by and as he scurries up the hill I can hear him giggling. I can hear him laughing and I see him sprinting as fast as he can. The problem is the race didn't end at the top of the hill. It was just the beginning and by the time Brahman and I got to the top (laughs) Domus was exhausted. Like, like absolutely exhausted. And he was looking at me saying, Dad, I I don't want to run anymore. I want to go home. I'm tired. I want to quit. And that's a very real parallel to life, isn't it? I mean, so often I've found myself in those same kind of shoes where we find ourselves in a season where we run and we run too hard and we end up getting exhausted. We end up feeling overwhelmed. We end up like our our even our faith starts to take a hit, because we're just tired, and maybe you find yourself in that season, and it's ironic because we're 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 isolating and we're we're kind of less active than we usually are, but kind of mentally and internally we're almost more active than we've ever been, trying to process and figure out where things go, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to get get by and get through. When I look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, Paul paints a, an interesting race analogy for us, and, and, he, and he parallels life to a race. And what he does is he says in verse 24, he says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Now, I really like this analogy. And I, and I like it because I'm always surprised at my default assumption that to run to win means to run fast. But it's not about running faster. It's about running smarter. And the secret to winning a long-distance race isn't speed, it's stamina. And so over the next six weeks, why I like this series is what we're going to do is we're going to be asking God to, to open our eyes to, to use this season to almost reveal and to develop different um, areas of our character. I want you to see this season as, a, as, a, as a, an experiment in personal reflection because it's gonna be really easy. It's really tempting just to, to try and get back to normal. I know it, I know it, I'm human, I get it, I'm with you. But what if we miss a valuable lesson in the process? What if God's trying to get our attention? What if there's something unique right now in this season, a lesson that we couldn't learn unless we were walking through this right now? And so for the next six weeks, I wanna invite you to journey with me, to run with me, to run slowly, to to listen what God is doing. Don't just look at this as another sermon or another message to listen to. What would it look like if if we all just just took a moment and said, okay, God, I'm going to slow down. Speak to me. So 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 for this particular message, I wanna I want to approach it from a different angle. I want you to consider this talk as more of a mid-run pep talk. A mid-run pep talk between you and God. And if God was your running coach and you were sprinting in that race. I want to highlight four of the pieces of advice I think that God would be wanting to give to you right now. And the first one is found in Psalm chapter 46. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write it down. And this is what I think God's saying to you. I think God's saying to you, slow down and catch your breath. Slow down and catch your breath. Relax. Calm down. Victory isn't dependent upon you. You don't need to be running so hard. You need to slow down and catch your breath. Because listen to me, son or daughter, I literally specialize in rescuing people. I literally specialize in protecting people. It's in my character. It's in my nature. I believe that's what God is speaking to you today if I look at Psalm chapter 46, I'm just reminded of this. It says literally, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. If you have a pen with you, or if you have a Bible specifically, <laughs> underline that. God is your refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. That's not just a cute saying. That's... That's real, that's real. And this doesn't just apply to to minute little details. I mean, look at the examples. It says in verse two, so we will not fear when earthquakes come, when mountains crumble into the sea, let the oceans roar and foam, let the mountains tremble and the waters surge. I will not be afraid because God is my refuge and strength. That's what this is implying. So if there's a pandemic, if there's a a job loss, if you find yourself just fighting with your spouse more, if you you find yourself fearful in terms of what does it look like to to re-engage society, don't be afraid. Slow down. Catch your breath. Relax. Breathe in. Breathe out. Because in this psalm, same psalm of verse 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. What a message. What a message for you in this season right now, isn't it? With All the things that are going on around you, all the stuff, God is saying to you, be still and know that I am God. I'm a God who's bigger than you could ever possibly imagine. I'm a God who's closer than you thought I was. I'm a God who can do more than you could ever possibly imagine. The Spirit of God is real. He's with you. And He's walking you through this season. And He's watching you run. And He's watching you struggle. And He's saying, son, daughter, slow down and catch your breath. Victory isn't contingent upon your effort. Victory is contingent upon me. And you are not alone. The second thing I believe God's gonna be saying to you, or would say to you, is found in Proverbs. And I believe God is saying, slow down and pay attention. So it's one thing to catch your breath. But I believe God's saying, don't just, don't just, don't just catch your breath, don't just slow down, don't just stop, but pay attention, look around, because when you're in full sprint, when you're in survival mode, we have tunnel vision, right? We have tunnel vision, we're just kind of looking forward, we're just, we're just looking to get done, we're just wishing for things to finish, and we stop paying attention to the things that are around us, and we start paying attention. To maybe things that don't necessarily matter all that much in the grand scheme of life. Let's look at what it says here. In Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 it says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to the whole body. But then there's this word of caution in verse 23. And the author writes, But guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Be careful which voices you're allowing to speak into you that you're allowing to, to guide you. Verse 24, avoid all perverse talk, stay away from corrupt speech. <laughs> Let's be real for a moment. In this particular season, we're watching way too much news, aren't we? We're on probably on social media a lot more than we used to be. We find ourselves um, reading way deep into Facebook threads way deep into conspiracy theories, and all of a sudden we find ourselves getting distracted because there's so many different voices that we're listening to. Can I give you a word of caution? There is a very fine line between researching and being prepared and researching and being paranoid. And it is very easy when we're in survival mode, when we're Sprinting, when we're running full bore, it's really, really easy to get distracted. I believe God's saying, slow down. Pay attention. Pay attention to what you're putting inside of you. And continues, verse 25: look straight ahead, fix your eyes on what lies before you, make out a straight path for your feet. Don't get sidetracked. Don't don't get distracted. Keep your feet from following evil because God is trying to speak to you. And when we're running, like running, running, sprint running, survival running, it is so easy to block out God because of all the noise. And God's trying to get our attention today. And I believe that through this series, through the next six weeks, as we get into the Word together, and as we look at what God has to say in terms of these different character attributes that He wants to develop in us and can develop in us, I want to encourage you and invite you to vulnerably let God access your heart. It's easy to watch videos and watch sermons for content's sake. And it's especially difficult in seasons like this when we're sitting behind a computer screen or watching on our phone. It's so easy to disengage. But you serve a personal God. Like like an actual real God. (laughs) Not just a worldview or a concept. Like, Like God is real. And he's wanting to speak to you. And it's entirely possible that in our pursuit of getting back to normal, that in our sprint, and in our race, that we're running so fast that we're missing what it is that he's trying to say. Number three, I want us to look at Matthew. In Matthew, Jesus starts speaking. And in Matthew chapter 6, he gives this very real, um, I'm going to call it a rebuke, but maybe a, a warning is a better, a better analogy, a better word. But he gives, he paints this picture using this metaphor to really speak um, to speak to worry. And let's be honest. If you're anything like me, like I've done a ton of worrying in this season, and I believe God's trying to get our attention right now. He's saying, son, daughter, whoa, whoa, whoa slow down and 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 refocus. Catch your breath, pay attention, but but refocus. Now is the time to recalibrate. And let me tell you. You don't need to worry. This is what Jesus has to say. Jesus, like the creator of the heavens and the earth, that Jesus. This is what he says to us. He says in verse 30, If God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. He said like like listen folks like like if God cares about plants and vegetation don't you think he's going to care about humanity and your problems and your crisis and your concerns? He's think, of course he is. Of course he would. He says, "Why do you have so little faith?" And I read this and I think to myself, "Oh my goodness, Lord, forgive me." Verse 31, he says, So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? What will we do when society begins to reopen? Where will I shop? How will I do this? How will I do that? What will I do about my children? What will I do about my spouse? What will I do? Don't worry about these things. He says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows your needs wow, your heavenly father already knows your needs. Let that thought impact your prayer life for a moment. When you pray, you don't surprise God with your needs. It says right here, he already knows what they are. So you don't need to enlighten him and surprise. Like, it's not like you need to remind him that you need him in this season. He knows exactly what you need. And in verse 33, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. I just, I just feel the spirit of God saying, son, daughter, listen. You don't need to worry. I'm with you. Which brings me to my last point. And it's found in Psalm 139. It's a really beautiful thought and it's specifically found in verse 5. And I believe God's trying to say to us, listen, like, like slow down, catch your breath, pay attention, refocus. But I believe God's specifically calling us to trust him. And we can trust him in this season. We can trust him because he already knows what it is that we're going through. In Psalm 139 verse 5, there's this really curious sentence found right at the beginning of the psalm that says, You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. That teaching is extraordinarily profound, and we can gloss over it if we don't slow down and pay attention to it. Because what it implies is something very significant. It's as though God is saying, listen, whoa, 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 hold on. Adam, I go behind you, and I go before you. In other words, I'm in your present, and I'm in your past, and I'm in your future. It says, I go before you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. You are, you are with me post-COVID. You are with me pre-COVID. And you are with me right now laying your hand of blessing on my head as we figure out as a society how to get back to normal. That's an amazing thought. And God isn't just with me. And he isn't just with the psalmist that wrote that but God is with you. I wanna encourage you today. God has a plan for your life. God doesn't make mistakes. God knows exactly what we're all walking through. He knows exactly what you're facing, and he knows exactly what you need. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we thank you that you're real. We thank you that you're with us. God, as we try and process, How to apply this Bible to everyday life. Father, I pray that in this moment you would speak to us. God, as we just wait upon you and spend time slowing down, I pray that over these next six weeks you would surprise us with the work that you're going to do in our life and through our life. Father, I thank you that the greatest days of the church are still ahead. I thank you that you're not finished. I thank you, God, that you are bigger than any crisis that we face. Father, I praise you today, and we praise you together. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Well, what a great message from Pastor Adam. I tell you, I just feel so encouraged by that idea that God wants to give us all a mid-run pep talk. And I feel encouraged by what I've heard today. There are two things that Pastor Adam brought to us in terms of what he thought God would be speaking into our hearts right now. And he talked about trust and he talked about refocusing. And so for just a moment, as we wrap up this time together, could I encourage you, maybe you're here today and you've never trusted him with your life. You've never given your life over to Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. He also says, I'm knocking at the door of your life and I wanna come in. And so really it becomes your decision. Are you going to trust Jesus with your life? Are you going to give your life to Christ? Can I encourage you to do that today? You know, the Bible says that with our hearts we believe and then with our mouths we confess and are saved. And so I want to encourage you today, right where you are, wherever you are, to just say it. Jesus, be my Savior. Jesus, be my Lord. I commit myself to you. I want you to walk with me. I want you to be the one who leads my life. If you're making that decision, I want to encourage you with one further step, and that's to text life to the number that's coming up on the screen. If you're on your phone right now, why don't you screen capture this image so that you can call us, you can text us actually in just a little while. If you're on your computer, why don't you key this number into your phone right now, And we want you just to reach out to us. Just text the word life. We're going to respond back. But I promise you, we're going to let you lead the pace. We're going to respect your privacy. We just want to engage with you and celebrate with you and help you. You know, one of the other things that Pastor Adam mentioned in his message was this idea of refocus. And, you know, for so many of us, it's easy for us, even in this strange season, to create a new pace and a new cadence for our lives. That doesn't include a deep focus on who Jesus is, a deep focus on him as our point of attention. You know, there's a lot of things to worry and fret about, but let's get our attention on Jesus. In fact, I would say that the best way we could do that is to say, Jesus, help me to get my eyes off of me and off of my circumstances and onto you. Onto you, Jesus. You know, I love the words of the old song, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And that's really what this refocus is all about. One of the lines in that song says, And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. In other words, when you focus on Jesus, all the other things that are you know, so consuming seem to find their place. And, and, and what rises to the top is the sense of the nearness of the presence of Jesus, his glory. His grace upon your life. You want that today. So Lord, we invite you now. Come and capture us. We turn our eyes upon you, Jesus. We look into your face and we believe, God, that you are going to help us refocus. Jesus, be the center point of all that we consider. Be the, uh, the focus of our eyes and the longing of our hearts. And we pray this together in Jesus' mighty name.